It is the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas should be the most wonderful time of the year. It's our chance to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. If there ever is a holiday that's on our calendar, and as long as it is on our calendar, we don't know how much longer it's going to be there, we should celebrate this time of the year. I personally, my family, we love this time of the year. I love watching it through the eyes of kids on Christmas morning. I love watching it through the eyes of our children as they grew up in our home on Christmas morning, the anticipation of what's under that tree, what gift could be given to them. I love to decorate our home. I loved to decorate our tree, our house. Right now is decorated today. We have a tradition. The first Sunday in December, we go and we cut down a tree at Oldenburg Tree Farm up in Michigan. We love doing that. I love the smell of cookies in our home. I love Buckeyes. So if you're feeling generous, pass them my way. Uh, uh, That's my 20% feast for the year. Um, I love what happens inside of people at Christmas. And the reason that is, is because God gave, and when he gave, we receive that gift too. With that being said, we should celebrate it. All through the Bible, in the Old Testament, the things I miss about the Old Testament is all the celebrations that they had. I mean, here are just a few. There was the Feast of the Tabernacles celebration. There was the Feast of Weeks. There was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. There was the Passover Feast. There was the Feast of Harvest Feast. There was the Feast of Ingathering. There was the Feast of Dedication. And all through the Old Testament, before Christ came, there was feast and celebration, anticipating what was to come, and the Messiah, Jesus, came. Celebration is at the heart of our Savior, And the Bible tells us that there will be a celebration one day for those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we gather in heaven together and we have this incredible gathering of all the saints, all those who know Christ, we get together and we celebrate together. Every single person who has ever lived on planet earth who trusted and believed in the Messiah will gather together in heaven and it will be a celebration and I guarantee you that that it'll be the best catering service you've ever had. It won't be Penguin Point, and maybe it'll be Chick-fil-A, and it'll be done on a Sunday. I don't know. But it'll be the best you've ever seen and ever experienced. We'll celebrate the gift of Jesus face-to-face with the Savior for the rest of our lives in heaven. So that is what we're celebrating at Christmas. We're anticipating that future reunion. We're celebrating that he came to be with us. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. And when you really think about it, think about it this way. Jesus came to be with us. That's Emmanuel. God is with us. Heaven came down to earth. We don't have to do life alone. We have nothing to fear since God is with us. Amen to that? We have nothing to fear. God is with us. One of my favorite Christmas programs, and by the way, my wife loves Hallmark Christmas stories. She would watch those 24-7, and I always say, they all end the same. They, I can tell you how it's going to end. She said, I know, but it's still good. We can cry and laugh, and they all get together, and I say, but it's all the same. <laughs> but praise God for Hallmark Channel, <laughs> celebrating Christmas. But one of my favorites is the Charlie Brown Christmas story. Maybe some of you don't know it, but I, my name is Charlie Brown. I'm Charles James Brown Jr. My dad is senior, and my mom called me Jimmy, and I'm so glad <laughs> she did. 
for me going to school, in elementary school, they go through their names and they would always say, first grade, second grade, third grade, Charlie Brown, Charles Brown, and there was someone in the class, we got Charlie Brown blockhead in the class. <laughs> but I was grateful that mom called me Jimmy. So I'm Charlie Brown, and I've, through the years, I've received all kinds of Charlie Brown little, little, I have Charlie Brown figurine in my office, I've had the shirts, I've had it all, and I own it. I'm Charlie Brown. But I love the Charlie Brown Christmas story. And truth is, you probably have seen it too, but I bet there's a piece in it that you never picked up on that many haven't. It's the place where Charlie Brown basically says, doesn't anyone know what Christmas is for? Can anyone tell me what Christmas is about? And so Linus walks onto the scene. Linus always has his blanket. Everywhere he goes, he has his blanket. You'll never see him anywhere in the Charlie Brown episodes that he doesn't carry his blanket. It's his security blanket. It's like if he doesn't have that, then he's fearful. Yet he says, I know the Christmas story, Charlie Brown, and he begins to tell the Christmas story, holding on to his blanket. But in the midst of telling the story, something happens. Charles Schultz slides in something I think very, 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 very significant. When he articulates the words, basically, fear not, watch what Linus does in this episode. Watch this. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. You see what Linus did when he said, fear not? He dropped his blanket. He let loose. And why, do you think? Because at that moment, he recognized he no longer had to fear because God was with him. And Jesus had come. And you also see in that scene that we'll go back to, he goes back and he picks it back up and walks to talk to Charlie Brown. Why? It's just like us, isn't it? There's moments where we believe and we trust and God, we believe and, and uh, I'm there, Lord, with you and everything's going well and I trust you. But the moment things begin to go a little south, what do we do? We pick up that security blanket and we try to walk with that, trusting in that instead of, the God who is with us. 
You see, when Jesus came, it was a game changer on planet Earth. And the reality, we should celebrate Christmas because God is with us. Jesus came to be with us. So seriously, it's worth celebrating that. Because when he came, all of our fears can be dropped. And when he came, hope came for the hopeless. And when he came, he is the savior of the world. So if Christmas, seriously, I mean this a little more. If Christmas begins to be extended or backed up even to Halloween, or even gets backed up to Independence Day, praise God. Now some of you say, come on. We should celebrate Christmas every day. God is with us. Because I want to use every opportunity to let people know that what we are celebrating is worth celebrating. Some might say, yeah, it's all about Santa Claus, but it isn't in our household and hopefully it isn't in yours. But we can use the vehicle of Christmas to tell the world that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus for us. So if your Christmas tree has to stay up longer than usual, then so be it. Celebrate it. Don't be quick to say, Christmas is over. Now we can't celebrate. Like I hear people say, oh, it's, we can't celebrate Christmas yet because it's still Thanksgiving. So what? We should celebrate Christmas every day. Well, Paul said this many years ago in 1 Corinthians 9, 22. You see, Christmas can be a vehicle to bridge someone's life to God and say, listen, this is where you might be. This is, might be what you're going through. You might seem hopeless and helpless, but when Jesus came, he offered you hope. And so Paul said this many years ago, he said, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. So this season, remember, Christmas is a vehicle to tell the real meaning of Christmas. So I give you permission. Get the biggest honking tree that you can find. Put on so many lights that the breakers blow in your house. Use it as a bridge to Jesus. Come on, guys. Don't be Scrooges and Grinches and say, oh, our electric bill is going to be $10,000. Use it to point people to Jesus. It is worth celebrating the birth of Jesus. Amen. It is worth celebrating that. In the New Testament, the Gospels give us this beautiful picture of Jesus coming. Luke gives us a beautiful picture. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Let's give his rendition of Jesus when he came. Turn to Luke chapter 2. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will put one in your hand. But turn to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 8 to 18. I'm going to ask you to stand. This is Luke's picture rendition telling the story of Jesus coming down to us and saying this is the most wonderful time of the year. Luke chapter 2. Let's read verses 8 to 18. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You may have a seat. Think for a second again what is taking place here. And let's jump in to give some context for a second because this is important. This message came when Jesus was born. Now, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this because we don't live this long. But when the Bible, as we understand in the Old Testament, closed the canon, as we understand Old Testament ended, to the time the New Testament began, there's a period of time called the silent years. And in those silent years between Malachi, when they were prophesying, saying, listen, the gospel's coming, Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, the prophets prophesied and said, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And so they were anticipating the coming. And then at the end of Malachi, it got silent. Prophets no longer spoke. Minor prophets no longer said, there is a Messiah that's coming. For 400 years, no one spoke in a prophetic way about anticipating the birth of Jesus. So as we understand it, history will show us and historians will show us that many followers of God anticipating the Messiah to come walked away from their faith. Because many of them said, if how can there be a God if for 50 years we haven't heard from a prophet? How can there be a God if for 100 years we haven't heard from a prophet? How can there be a God if God hasn't come? And so 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 400 years later, this small fledgling group of believers as we understand today would still say, but I believe in the promises of God. God's word said it. I believe it. Even though I'm not seeing it, I believe it. Even though I'm going through this dark time, I believe it. And so finally, God spoke through the angels. And who did he go to? I love it. He didn't go to the highest dignitary in the land. He didn't go to a throne room. He went to some shepherds who were out in a field, going about their business, working hard. And so when these angels came, hear me out. This wasn't typical. Like, they were afraid. They were terrified. It wasn't like every day they went out and cleaned their sheep and said, whoa, angel, how you doing? No, it was like they came and they spoke and it says they were shaking in their boots. And the angel said, do not be afraid. Drop your blanket of fear. Because today in the city of David, a savior that we have been prophesying about for thousands of years has come. And God is good on his word. He's here, he's here, he's here. Oh, that must have been, imagine. 
as a sheep farmer getting that message from God and then to know that he's finally here. He's here. Jesus is here. There was a grand celebration out in the pasture that day. So I say this. When they celebrate, we should celebrate. And some of my most favorite memories are the celebrations at Christmas. We should celebrate that Christ has come and he is here and he is our hope for the hopeless world. Don't you think that's worth celebrating? I do. So listen to me. So if your neighbor goes a little over the top, don't be a Scrooge. And if you drive by Bethany's school and you see Drew Nisley's grand show, he's a Gracie, by the way. And by the way, in case you wonder how much money he spent, he said it cost some pennies to do it. So throw that argument out. He is lighting up and I say, he's got a big Christ sign on his roof. I say, come to my house. Would you do that, Derek? Praise God. He's using it as a vehicle to celebrate Christ. And you and I can too. On a personal note, a funny note, one year, a few years back, Ann and I came home. It was during the, the week before Christmas, and when we left the home, it wasn't snowing. While we were away, it snowed five to six inches. And some friends of ours decided while we were away, they would decorate our house. It already was decorated. So we were away, and they got up on our roof. I kid you not. They put a six reindeer, a sleigh, and a Santa Claus with bright lights, plugged them in, they were flashing, and it snowed after they got up on the roof, so we couldn't get back up on the roof and take it down. We're driving home, we're like, what's that bright light in the neighborhood? Look at, on top of our house. You know, I told Dan, I said, we're owning it. We're owning it. I'm going to plug that thing in every day of Christmas. I'm going to plug it in, and some people ask, it gave a vehicle what in the world does a pastor got a Santa Claus on his roof for? And we would say, it's because we love Jesus. <laughs> Use it as an opportunity to celebrate. Here's what I know to be true about Christmas. At the core of Christmas is giving. Giving is at the core of Christmas. One of the major underlying themes of Christmas is giving. Think about that for a second. What if God chose not to give his son? How would that change your world and our world today? The birth of Jesus Christ shows the world that God would do what he said he would do. Send us a redeemer, a rescuer, a Messiah called Jesus to bring a remedy to our much needed sin. That's the gospel. If Jesus didn't come, then we all would be lost in our sin. See, here's what I know to be true. God has an answer before we have a problem to anything. And his name's Jesus. Jesus. You got a problem? Gospel. Jesus. Got a problem? Jesus is the answer. Got a problem? Jesus is the answer. Got a problem? Jesus is the answer to every problem before you'll ever face it. Do you believe that? That's what Christmas is. He came at a perfect time, Galatians 4.4 4 said, but when the set time had finally come, God sent his son, born of a woman, to redeem those under the law. Now let me just pull away and say something about the messes in our lives. The reality of this, some of the messes that we find ourselves in are messes that we've created on our own because of our own foolishness and our own sin and our own choices. In fact, 
a mistake, it's a mistake we often assume that everything that happens to us is what God wanted to happen to us. Yes, God is sovereign. He allows it. But the things that you and I walk through are often our own sinful choices. Reality is this. The truth is our irresponsible choices and sin often lead us to these broken places. And some of us want to blame God and ask God, where were you when this happened? And he's saying, I'll tell you where I was. You were irresponsible with my commands. You made a sinful choice. I allowed the repercussions of that to take place. And by the way, there are some things you went through God didn't make you go through. You did it as a willful, disobedient choice. Let me process that there for a second because there's good news at the end of this. Some things you went through, God was sending warning signals and alarms were going off in your heart. And he was sending people into your life saying, don't do that. God loves you. That's not what Christians should do. And we blow right through the warning signs. Buzzers are going off. Alarms are going off, but it feels good. I love it. But we justify. And all the while he's saying, no, no, no. You are settling. That will set you back for years. Warning signs. It's not worth it. Hey, you shouldn't be watching that. You shouldn't be going into debt for that. Warning signs. No, no, no. But we are irresponsible. We blow right past the nudges and the prodding of the Holy Spirit. And we did it anyway. And so you find yourself, and we find, and I find myself in a situation that our own foolishness created. But hear me out. Here's good news. That's why it's good that Christ came. The good news is Christmas news. It doesn't matter the reason that you're in the state that you're in because his grace is sufficient. The same God will deliver me when I'm right and this, as when I'm wrong. The same God, the same grace. If Christ didn't come, then there wouldn't be a remedy to every problem that we face. That's why God gave his son Jesus because he knew that we would make irresponsible decisions. He knew that we would be separated from him eternally, that we needed a redeemer. Giving is at the core of Christmas. That's one of the major underlying themes. In fact, look at Luke chapter two again. Look at verse eight. Look what, look what Luke says here. He says in, in chapter two and verse eight, he said, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were what? What's the phrase? Terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Linus, drop your blanket. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Powerful sign. God is with you, he's saying, listen, shepherds, Christ has come. Heaven is coming down. The world will never be the same again. Why? Because God has come. The Savior is here. Emmanuel, God is with us. And he's looking at these shepherds and he's saying, fear not, shepherd. He's looking at mamas who are fretting out there today. Fear not. He's looking at singles and saying, fear not. He's telling divorcees, fear not. He's telling cancer patients, fear not. He's telling businessmen, fear not. He's telling widow and widow 
widows, fear not. He's telling unemployed, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why? Because God is here. He's here, Grace. He's here. Praise God, he's here. And because he came, everything has changed. I love this word from the angel too. When the angel says, I bring you good news. (laughs) It is good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Not just a few people, for all the people. Why? Because Jesus is the answer to every mess that we will ever face. He's the redeemer. So then he says this. The angels say this in verse 11. I love how they, and they said, today in the town of David, A savior has been born to who? Who's he say? To you. To you, 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 to every you. A savior has been born. Hope for the hopeless, healing for the brokenhearted, peace for the fearful. God was reminding these shepherds, just like he is for us today, no matter how dark and down it might seem. No matter how much pain you have walked through, keep looking up because your current situation is not your final destination. You believe that? It's not with Jesus. Jesus fixes the ending. That's what predestined means. Someone said, what's the word predestined mean? It means Jesus fixes the ending to your life. He predestines your life. He fixes your message. Think about it this way. Jesus coming reminds us that joy has come and God is good on his word and we can find comfort in this truth. Whatever you are struggling with today that seems to last forever will eventually run out of pain because of Jesus. And it might not be in this lifetime, but I know from scripture that it will be in the lifetime to come. You might have pain that you walk through, but hear me out. Sooner or later, because we are Christ's followers, God fixes the ending, and it might be eternity, but there will come a day where there will be no pain and no tears and no sin, and it's called heaven. That's the promise that we have today in Christ. So he's reminding, Luke is reminding, show people that God has come. Let them know. And so what was the response? God gave his son. And so what was the response of of the people of that day to say, thank you for coming, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for coming. They gave back. Isn't it interesting that God gave and, and, and a response to Christmas from wise men was, well, I'm giving back. In fact, look at Matthew chapter two, and I'll show you what I mean. Matthew chapter two. Matthew's rendition of Christmas telling the story. Look at Matthew chapter two. Jesus came, and because he was the picture of giving the perfect gift, look at the response of of the wise man, the magi. Matthew chapter 2, look what it says in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that he was, dis- he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, 
for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then it says, then Herod called the Magi. How did he call him? What did he say? Secretly. And found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for this child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it was stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then it says this, then they opened their what? Treasures and what? What's the word? Presented him with what? Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod and tell him, they returned to their country by another route. Their response to Christ being born was what? To give. To give. To give a gift. Because God gave first, and he's the perfect gift giver. Those of us who know Christ can live out our faith by being givers too. New Testament shows given it shall be given unto you. You're more blessed to give than receive. So Christmas is a time to give. A time to say, Lord Jesus, since your gift keeps giving, we celebrate Christmas by giving too. I understand some take it to extremes and get into debt and make poor choices. But responsible people save and let their kids open up a gift on Christmas morning or their friends. And they build a memory and it's a vehicle. Like, why are we giving, Dad? Like our children, like we would say with them, Mom, why are we giving? Why, why is there gifts under the tree? Because there was a gift giver named God, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And we are demonstrated that when we love and care about people, we give to them. We give our time, we give our resources, and often we give gifts. That's our expression of saying, thank you, God, for giving Jesus to us. So give as you're able to. I remember a time back in the early days of grace and it was Christmas season and our children were very little and we lived the same way then that we do now. We don't, we don't go into debt with our credit cards. We, we pay them off at the end of the month. And so we were living, we were living by what our bank account allowed us to live. And it was a very, very tight, tight Christmas and we wanted to give. Now, we made gifts, and I was able to make some gifts. But I remember sitting with Anna and said, it'd be great to have some extra money just to buy the kids some Christmas gifts. Like, we just love giving. Like, I love watching Christmas through the eyes of our kids. There's nothing, it's just beautiful. And you can explain why. And it was a tight, tight time. And unbeknownst to us, the elders at the church at that time, and Floyd Welling was part of that, and had taken a Christmas offering for, for Ann and I, pastor and wife. And, and so it was the week, the Sunday before Christmas, and we hadn't been able to purchase gifts yet. We had made some, and we were going to celebrate and you know, do the best we can and make it a great day. And, and they called us up after the service, unbeknownst to us, and said, hey, we, we've taken this offering, and, and we'd like to give you this Christmas gift. And it was this envelope. And he said, here's money for you. And I remember I could hardly wait to open it up. I didn't open it up in front of like, We got in the car, and we... I remember pulling out and saying goodbye to everyone, and it was Sunday before Christmas, and we opened it up. There was like $400. I mean, we were like, holy cow. 
And I remember the kids were little and they were in the back of the van and, and we looked at each other. We knew exactly what to do with this. We went right to Meyer. We bought Christmas gifts for our family. And we just laughed and we giggled and, and we were excited and we were able to give. But the reason we were able to give is because you gave to us. And the reason you're able to give is because God gave to you. And the gift goes on. Christmas is a beautiful picture of giving. That's how we keep Jesus at the center of it. This is how it can be the most wonderful time of the year. Our home, we don't celebrate Santa Claus unless someone puts him on the top of our roof. <laughs> oh, I just gave you ideas. I have gun cases at my house, just to let you know. You see, all around the world, children love Christmas because they see joy, hope, and a chance to have a gift that will brighten their day. The magic of Christmas needs to continue. And I wonder if we've forgotten it. Because maybe we feel like it's become over-commercialized. Jesus is saying to our weary world, behold, the promised Messiah has come. We can celebrate that. We can enjoy the family traditions. And I encourage you to have, when I do marriage counseling, I always say to the couples that I'm meeting with, listen, Christmas time, create your own Christmas traditions. I'll look at the husband, future husband, I'll say, you're going to have to be the mean guy. Because there will be traditions that you've had, that she's had, and it's difficult for mom and dad to navigate through that time. They're going to say, yeah, but every Christmas we, we, we put pajamas on and we all sit and drink hot chocolate. And they're going to want that. Nothing wrong with that. But you must establish your own traditions. Sure, visit with your families, but say, this year, we'll meet you at this time. So there are those traditions that are put into place. But don't throw all those out. You can still buy in to Christmas without selling out the message. It's our vehicle to reflect God in our giving. Some of you get so upset. I've heard you. I can't believe they say happy holidays when I go to buy something. Can't believe. Like, that's just, that's wrong. I don't have a problem with them. They say happy holidays. I, yes, it is because of Jesus. It's my chance to converse back. What are they going to say? No, no, no. They greet me. I'm greeting them back. And some of us get so upset about, they, they've taken Christ out of Christmas. And have you ever seen stories when they put Xmas? I've seen people get so upset. Like, I mean, they want to blow a fuse over that. And I'm saying, I don't blow a fuse. I just go up and say, thanks. Thanks for putting X in front of Moss. And they look at why. I said, because you've taken it back to the original language because X means Christ in Christmas. <laughs> you've taken it back to the original language. And so I say, thanks. Thanks for putting the X back in Christmas. <laughs> X means Christ. Talk to them. Use it as a vehicle. Have a conversation with them. You see, we need to celebrate Christmas. And why? Because the prophet Isaiah said this way before these silent years. He said this, that there is this God coming. He's going to be a wonderful counselor. He's going to be the prince of peace. He's going to be the everlasting father. He's going to be the mighty God. And when the angels came to the shepherd that day, they said, he's here. He's here. He's here. Drop your blankets of fear, Linus. God is with you. That's worth celebrating, isn't it? So I encourage you, 
Take time this season to look for people with lonely eyes, people who need Jesus, who think they can't go on, and offer them the real message of Christmas. Jesus shows us in his coming to earth that sometimes the most difficult paths can lead us to the most beautiful places. It was difficult for Christ to come. But at the end of his journey on earth was a thing called resurrection. And because he overcame death, we can too in Jesus' name. It's a beautiful picture. Pastor Mike said during our announcement time, he said, said this, we have a tree out here, angel tree, that if you take a tag off, you can buy this gift for a child who has a parent that's incarcerated, that's in jail. And when you buy this gift, that gift goes to that child that maybe that dad or mom wanted to do but can't do. In book of Matthew, Jesus said, I was in prison and you didn't visit me. Listen, not only can you buy the gift, but you can come and go and deliver the gift. Can you imagine taking this gift, this present that this child doesn't know is coming, you knock on the door, even if you have to drive to South Bend, we should have every single one of those gifts delivered. I mean, Jesus came a long way from heaven to earth. We should be able to drive to South Bend, don't you think? And take the message of Jesus Christ. Heaven came down to remind us to drop our blankets of fear and insecurity and to trust and worship our rescuer, Jesus Christ. At the end of the Charlie Brown Christmas story, it's one of my favorite scenes. Hopefully you'll never watch it again the same, just a powerful moment when he dropped that blanket. Linus carries his blanket throughout his life, but there's this moment that Charlie Brown comes out and he has the Christmas tree and he thinks he kills it. And so his family or his friends come out and they're all around there and then they all gather around and then Linus does something with his blanket that's significant. Watch this. I never thought it was such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. Charlie Brown is a blockhead, but he did get a nice tree. What's going on here? See what Linus does there? He surrenders his fears. He surrenders all his insecurities. He surrenders all those sleepless nights and restless days. He surrenders all his anxieties. And what's he do? He releases them and he takes his blanket and wraps it around the tree and the song moves from O Christmas Tree to Hark the Herald, the angels sing. God is here.
God is with us. We have nothing to fear. Amen? The song you're about to sing is a reflection of that. And I love this phrase that it says, children weep no more. Hope is on the horizon. Weary world, behold, your promised Messiah has come. And that is worth celebrating.